everyone, and welcome to Light Conversations on Trauma podcast. Bringing conversations around hardship into the light. It's me, Peter Middleton, here, and I'll be hosting this podcast. This is a space for intimate and empathetic chat around trauma, big T or little t. We have regular sections to this podcast, so look out for them. And each episode, I'll be joined by a guest who will share their unique perspective. So sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to Light Conversations on Trauma Podcast. I'm here today with Carly Fadulis. Hi, Carly. Hi, Peter. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you, what's your vibe? What's my vibe? Nice question. My vibe is um, I'm here to talk about my fertility journey so far and what led me to um, opening a low toxin hair salon. Wow. Thank you for being here for that reason. It's really, really amazing. I can't wait to, to dive into that with you. Um, it's, um, such a, such a vital subject, fertility under, under expressed, I feel. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, and one thing I've come to realize in the last few years is that fertility isn't just about um, having a baby. It's about bringing life into this world. So wow. I'm really glad to be able to talk to you about this on this podcast. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, the first section you've picked out to prompt us is uh, riding the waves of change. Riding the waves of change. Yes. Riding the waves of change. So, um, okay, where do I start? So, so as a kid growing up, I always felt that I was a little bit different. Um, I could never really explain um, what I was feeling. Um, I had many... Um, Symptoms, which now make sense at the time, didn't really. Um, I, had a lot of, I had a lot of agoraphobia, had a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of phobias. And um, I went through a lot of therapy and things like that. And I guess um, there were a lot of feelings there that I wasn't really willing to accept at the time. Um, so yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can resonate with that. I mean, <clears throat> that stage of of the journey is can be really challenging. Um and make like I, I can resonate with that sense of feeling like different and isolated and not quite like any everybody else. And and then also not really understanding why. And not 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 having that kind of 
um, discernment that made me feel like, I suppose it made me feel like I was, I was normal, like going through something that is um, a natural process. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that I had a really, you know, I wouldn't say I had a very difficult um, childhood. I suppose I had all the, re I had many resources and, and a lot of help at the time to be able to like delve deep into what was going on for me. Um, but I do believe in timing more and more. That is essential. Mm -hmm. um, I look back at um, like my journey and I probably, I say that I probably may not have been ready at the time to, to discover what, um, what was really underlying all that. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And so. Yeah. It's funny with trauma, isn't it? It's just, as much a survival mechanism as, as you know, it's it's very intelligent system. That's what Thomas Hoyle says about trauma. Is it does it does help you to survive? It's intelligent, so it happens. It happens at the right timing. Yeah, definitely. So, um, riding the waves of change. So that's basically riding the waves of change. Is that I got to a stage in my life where um, I was married and we wanted to start a family mm -hmm. and um i'd been on the pill for like 10 years so i had certain um i had certain symptoms which at the time as advised by the doctor i was advised to go on the pill and so i did and when mm -hmm. i got um and i also i had been on um medication for all the anxiety and symptoms that i had as in my teenage years as well so when i got married and decided to start a family i made the choice to come off all the medication. Um, and then what happened was basically the symptoms that they had put me on medication for were just masked by the medication. So when I came off everything, it, like everything sort of started to reappear again, the same symptoms that I had when it came around my menstrual cycle, mm -hmm. um, the anxiety and that not so much. I had, I had, um, done a bit of work on that, so not so much. And um, I found out at the time that I had been diagnosed, I'd been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, and which is basically one of my main symptoms on, of that was that I had no, no period. So basically that part of my body had at the time shut down and it was like, we don't want to make a baby. So yeah, I didn't know at the time what was really going on. So I just started researching into like natural therapies to heal. And it was like, I kept reading about what foods to avoid and, mm -hmm. and, and what products to avoid and things like that. Like when it came to toxins and endocrine disruptors and things like that. Wow. Um, and I, I did it. Yeah. I did everything that I was like sort of reading apart from working in a salon that that was like full of, toxins but you know I just sort of was like well every other hairdresser in Sydney uses these products and they seem to have no issues when it comes to fertility so mm -hmm. must be okay um yeah, that, yeah speak, so, that speaks quite well to the social standing doesn't it like we're always looking around us being like oh it seems like these people are doing it so 
I like that. Yeah, I like what you're saying about a personal journey in that way. So how how did that look for you? Like, what were this? What were the steps that you took in that? So um, I didn't make many changes in the salon. I made more changes at home. I like I started. I was living a very clean, low tox life at home, and then mm. going to the salon every day. Um, and I ended up seeing like a naturopath and a whole range of natural therapies and, um, that my, like my body wasn't really changing. So I wasn't getting a period or anything like that. And Mm -hmm. so, um, we ended up going to see a specialist and having a couple of IVF treatments. Um, and again, it wasn't working. They need, you need to actually have a menstrual cycle to, to be able to go through the IVF journey. Um, so one day I just questioned the doctor and I was like, why am I even here? If like, why am I having this treatment? If I have no cycle, like, and he just said to me in his words were something in the brain is telling the ovaries not to work. Wow. That's deep. deep. Yeah. And I just went, okay. (laughs) So then why, please explain to me like what, like, how does this work? And he's like, well, the, the drugs bypass the brain. They go straight into the ovaries and they bypass the brain. Mm-hmm. So I left there that day and I was just, I, I wasn't convinced. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought my body's communicating with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know where to from there. I just knew that um, I needed, I, I just couldn't go back to um, that, to see that doctor. So mm. I think a few weeks later I had a, I met a woman who had stumbled across, across breath work. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about it. At this stage, I never meditated. I never practiced yoga mm-hmm. um, or anything like that. And she told me about her experience in a breath work session. So I, I Googled it and I looked it up and I thought, yeah, this looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made an appointment and I went to see a breath work specialist. So mm-hmm. by this stage, I, I knew that I had a bit of childhood trauma, which may have been contributing to the infertility. I didn't mm-hmm. know how, or, or I just thought that maybe mm-hmm. I had some, I had read maybe one or two things on the internet and I thought, okay. Yeah. Um, so I went to this breathwork specialist and basically lay on the floor for like two hours breathing. Um, and I noticed that after one or two sessions, things like um, my fear of, driving through tunnels, flying in aeroplanes, getting in a lift, they all started to like disappear. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Um, it it's was powerful. Really, yeah. So um, I would get my ex-husband and my dad to drive me to the session because it was all through tunnels. It was on the other side of Sydney and I oh. couldn't actually drive there on my own. So people would have to drive me to the session. Then I would have this breath work session and on the way back, I'd have no fear it was like gone wow. and they'd be like, like, what, what did you do in there? And I'm like, I don't know. I just like breathed and cried. <laughs> and the best way I can describe it is that every emotion that you have, you feel really like exaggerated. So if I felt joy in the session, I felt joy. If I felt shame, I felt a whole lot of shame. It was oh. just every emotion was like full on intense. Wow. Um, and after a few sessions, um, the breathwork, uh, he's actually a cathartic breathwork psychotherapist. He mm. actually said to me, um, let me know if you see anything. And I was like, what do you mean? What would I see? Like, 
Mm-hmm. It's like, look, sometimes people see things. Like when you feel, when you connect with your body and you feel something, you might see something as well. So um, in one of the sessions, um, it was as though a, a, there was like a, a slideshow of my childhood being played in front of me. Wow. Um, I was able to observe it um, without being completely lost in it. Mm-hmm. And in this one session in particular, I felt the blood start rushing through my ovaries. So I was viewing a whole heap of childhood trauma, which I had blocked out. It was being played in front of me like a movie. And at Mm. the same time, I was feeling a whole heap of shame and, and like sadness. And then my, like there was blood rushing through my ovaries. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. One experience, um, yeah. strong, yeah. I remember walking out of there, and my auntie had um, come with my ex-husband. They went and had dinner while I was in the session. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking out of there and just saying to her, "Like, did this happen to you?" And she would, she would just say to me, "How do you know that? You're too young. You were too young to even know this. I've never mm-hmm. told you that." And I'm like, I just saw it all in the session. So basically from like the age of five, I think was the youngest that the Mm. memories started appearing. Right. Right. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, that's, it's really, it's an experience and it's so good that you came out and told your auntie straight away. And that's, that's amazing. And yeah, for, I mean, for those people that don't know, I guess it's, this reminds you of flashback memory you know, when, when you're ready to know, you know, and it's incredible to hear that you, the blood was rushing to your ovaries, even, you know, you're so deeply connected to your body and intuition, you know, which is something that's very shamed in our, in our culture. Um, so it's incredible to hear. It's actually really powerful. Um, yeah. So, it, it was really, it was really powerful. I actually, um, I couldn't believe it myself, to be honest. They were yeah. like, what, what goes on in those sessions? I'm like, I have no idea. Uh, it's like, so the, the integration of that, the integration period of that, what, what did that look like for you? Okay, the integration period was intense. So in between sessions, I also needed to go and see um, a trauma therapist oh. on like sexual abuse and a whole range of things as well. Yeah, um, that's good to and, yeah, I did. Mm. And I actually like ended up, I, I ended up, I hit rock bottom. Okay. I had what I call the spiritual awakening. Right. Um, dark, the dark night. Yeah. In the yeah, cave. Pretty much. <laughs> well, that was it. Um, wow. And I ended up in hospital for about a month. Okay. So, um, right. Just before I went into hospital, my period came back. Uh. Um, yeah, my period came back and it was like full on. It was like the first period I'd ever had my whole life. Um, and then shortly yeah. after I went to the hospital, my body had just had enough. Like that at that stage, like I, I needed I needed to rest. Yeah. Um, so wow, I've been in hospital for a month. Yeah. Wow. So you, yeah. So you needed that time to like just rejuvenate. I can I can can't imagine. But but just the sense of like having your like the, your body like reawakening in that way, 
It sounds like such an energetic experience. It was it was pretty intense, and I found what was happening was that um, I was getting memories, co- flashbacks constantly. Oh, really? So I'd be at home, and I would be like, literally having my own breathwork sessions in my like in my bedroom. Yeah. Um, and at, at the same time, I had also started um, yoga. Okay. Which I didn't realize, but yoga was. I, I understand now a bit more about yoga, but at the time it was like opening up and releasing so much more out of my body. So I'd be having flashbacks during a yoga class and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, so yeah, you, I needed, yeah. I needed that time. Yeah. It sounds like it. And yeah. I'm almost glad, I'm almost glad that you took that time in hospital. I know it wasn't your choice, but it was kind of what needed to happen really. Yeah, definitely. And then I think what most what I see in the narrative around yoga in the West, especially, is that yoga yoga means union, doesn't it? In Sanskrit, it means convening with yourself, your higher self, the the universe, the source of the universe. So <clears throat> treating it maybe like a, a set of exercises or a routine is kind of you know not giving it its credit really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That sounds intense, you know, and I can definitely resonate with just doing things to to kind of get by in that scenario. You know, you just you just like coming home doing the breath work. Okay, you got to get through this bit. Got to get through that bit, and then the yoga as well. Yeah. Um. Right. Well, thanks for sharing. Anyway, that's really powerful. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I feel grateful to. Have, witness that actually great okay well the next section you picked was i grieved that a lot i want to send me to you that mean to me well I had to well I didn't have to but um it was like the realization of my childhood wasn't as pretty as I would have liked it to have been or had made it up to be and Mm -hmm. and and what ripple effect that had on my life and the choices that I had made and it's like I didn't know where to start to be Mm -hmm. honest um yeah as I said earlier, going to hospital, it's not what, it was not what I wanted to do, but it was probably the best thing I ever did. Um, I was introduced to like yoga and, and um, meditation and um, workshops and a whole range of things that I had never really thought of beforehand. And mm-hmm. if anything, I was like, well, hey, why are we not teaching this just like all the time? Like, why are we waiting for people to get to this stage to then go, oh, you tried some breathing or meditating or mm. yeah so grie- grieving was basically grieving the life like grieving the childhood that I never had feeling like um yeah like all that's, that had been pretty much strong. yeah and and at the same time it was like wow she was so strong and also she just had to take on so much so there was yeah. a real like, like there was grieving as in like um I think I described it once to someone like the loss of like 
like the death of someone and they were like, I don't, how does that even make sense? And I'm mm. like, well, it's like my a childhood, like that's how I explained it like a death. Like it was literally mm. like a death because um, from what I witnessed, it was like I ne- in all the sessions and that, it's like that child never just got to be a child. Mm. Like mm. always had to hold it together and she experienced so much. Mm. Uh, at mm. such a young age so there was grieving for the loss of the of that and there was also just like there was so much like I think I cried mm. for like three weeks straight or something like yeah. how how like I couldn't stop crying it was mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. very cathartic to say the least yeah um, it seemed like that kind of crying that flushes and, and releases yeah I call it, I mean, I call it ugly crying. Not, ugly not, crying? Yeah, because not, not, not in a shaming way, but in a courtesy good way because you, you can't possibly remain focused and calm. It's like you have to be ugly in that situation. Yeah, you just sure. fall to pieces and it's great because that's the, that's the natural way of, of that cry. Yeah. Uh, I've, I resonate with that. Like I've done a lot of that this year as well. Um, just falling to pieces and picking myself back up. It's it seems to be the way, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying about the the childhood as well, and yeah, grieving the fact that that there was. I I feel like it's in, innocence actually that yeah. that is the issue here. Like it's like we I never got to experience the innocence of childhood just as a as a uh, secure container but i have been i have been working on through the grief i've been working on developing a sense of innocence within my adult self yeah and that's a really powerful um practice yeah i get that <laughs> i'm just breathing through this <laughs> because it's really, it's a really deep, deep thing to to have to do to grieve, grieve your child self that that um, learnt how to survive a situation. Yeah, it is, and like at the same time, you just think, "Wow, like how amazing and resilient!" <laughs> like, yeah. yes. you know. The child's like, I'm just going to, I've just got this for you till you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Till you're ready to like, you know, come take me and skip with me in the backyard. Yeah. That's actually, that actually, you just reminded me in um, the breathwork sessions, um, the breathwork specialist would ask me, what is, what does she want to do? Like, so when, when I would visualize taking her out of certain situations, Mm-hmm. She always wanted to like skip. Like she just wanted to do this, the most simple things. Like she just wanted to like have get a skipping rope and go skip with me in the backyard. And it just brought so much joy. It brought mm-hmm. so much joy watching her skip. And um, yeah, yeah. I remember I went on a retreat. I went on a retreat last year to Bali, and someone said that we had to go around the table. They had to, we all had to like compliment each other and. And someone said something about me, how I had this really beautiful, like childlike playfulness. And I, I was so, I felt so excited to hear yeah. that. Because I'm like, yeah. yeah. She finally felt like 
she finally got to like play and just be like with with no like with no fear or or anything mm. like that. So wow, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. So she finally got to express herself through through you as as an adult as well. Definitely. And she still does. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I mean, I had, I had a similar meditation this year um, in a men's work session and, and, they also, and the facilitator also asked me, like, what does he want to do? And I sort of imagined him and he was kind of sheepish and like uh, shy and stuff. And he didn't, he, he wasn't, I wasn't used to being seen in that form, right? The memory of of that time wasn't with me before that and yeah and my child self was just like I want to play I just want to play I want to dance around and I just want to play in the dirt and and I think it's a really profound space to allow allow within yourself yeah yeah it's beautiful because we're, we're often we're often taught like not to like just not to be that way actually yeah. that all of the narratives are like don't be that way be progressive like me <laughs> and of course it's it's good to be practical and progressive sometimes but you know there's i believe in the harmony of a healthy life and you have to you just have to include that that energy in your life the innocent energy playful oh and that's that, super important yeah <laughs> it reminds me of um, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, actually, the book that I'm reading right now, because it, it also describes, you know, like the practice of, of Zen in the form of like doing nothing, actually, <laughs> just observing who you are, like just the practice of life, um, whatever you do is, is a meditation. Yeah, definitely. So did you um did you have any did, what sort of developed as a practice for you um through the grief through the grief yeah look I gotta say I know you're an avid journaler and I and I <laughs> yes I am <laughs> and I do it is something that um if I ever have a coaching client and I, and or any client um if I feel like it will be of benefit to them I would definitely recommend it for me I found it just more like I it would. I'd be journaling my feelings and I'd be just crying more. And I was like, I, I just can't keep doing this. Like, right. um, I'm sure there's a way of journaling that doesn't involve like cathartic crying. Um, however, what did it, so a practice, like you mean, like I started, I started. I guess I'm interested. I'm more interested in just how that looked for you. Like how did you navigate that grief? Oh, like, what, I, I what, just like, cried. you just cried it out. To be quite honest. I just like let it go. And okay. I think my ex-husband at the time, he could just not look at me crying anymore. Right. Uh, Probably con- <laughs> confused and. <laughs> he had no idea what was going on. Well, he yeah. did. He did. Um, I don't really think he knew how to cope at the time. I don't think he did. Right. Um, yeah. It was a very difficult situation. We had just been through like uh, rounds of IVF with two years of trying to conceive to have a baby that totally squished all the romance out of everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah. at that time it was a very unhealthy dynamic. Um, 
So pretty much, I think, do you know what? I, I really don't think I had any coping mechanisms at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't with the grief and that's probably what led me to go to, to hospital. I see. Um, and okay. that's probably where I started to learn tools to be able to navigate through all of this, right. through all of that experience. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I, do you know what? It's a good question. I, I don't really, I didn't really have any, I had, a, I had like, so my family started coming around and, and talking to me and I found that really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually stopped talking believe it or not, oh. <laughs> I had actually, I had actually stopped talking before I went into hospital. I actually couldn't talk. Oh, I'd wow. become, so I had actually but, become you. Oh, wow. So for how long were you mute roughly? Oh, do you know what? I don't even remember. Wow. I did not remember. I think I don't, I don't really remember. Yeah. I just remember that I was told that you need to get help. And so yeah. I went into the hospital and about, um, I stayed in there for a month about, three or about a week in I remember one of the women saying to me um at least you're talking now Mm. I just looked at her like sorry (laughs) um yeah yeah so and I think the only reason why I actually spoke was because in one of the in one of the um meetings with the doctor he asked me a question Mm-hmm. And my my mother answered for me, and I I got upset. I'm like, I can speak, you know. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Three weeks prior, I hadn't like said a word. Wow. So, um, the doctor was like, "Well, it's good to see that you're you're getting better." And I was like, "Yes." Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Um, I I just yeah. had so much. I'd been processing so much that yeah. like. And I wasn't at the time, actually in hindsight, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't sleeping very well. Mm. So, um, so really yeah. just, really just struggling with the strut, like the routine, it was just everything really. Yeah. And I, and I was still running a business somehow, like I uh, still had a business and, uh, I had said that I need time off and I couldn't get time off. So yeah, it was. Wow. That's yeah. intense. I see, and then it was like, what, what are you going to do with the business? Do you still want to keep it open or are we going to close it? Like the clients didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started ringing around the clients to tell them that I'm sorry, like I'm closing the business. Like I, I'm actually like not functioning. Mm-hmm. And a couple of clients broke down in tears on the phone. And um, one of them, when I got to one of them, I just said to him, you know what? No, I'm not. I said, I'll, um, I'll see you soon. Yeah. Just <laughs> give me, give me time. It clicked myself. Um, right. and, and the, the women at the time, um, kept the salon open. I had a couple of casuals there and my, and with along my family helped as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I went into hospital for a month and then I came out and that's when I had the strength and that to actually make some changes. Yeah. I mean, for what for what you're describing, a month seems like really fast and really <laughs> and really cap- like you sound like you have such faith and trust in 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 whatever it is we, you were going through. Like maybe you didn't have that much conscious choice or around it, but it that's that's quite impressive to me, actually. I just, I just like knew that whatever was going on, 
Mm. Like I, I didn't, I just thought like, I need to do this. And yeah, it was like, I think the, I think my brother was one of the ones who was like, you need to get help. And I was like, yeah. Mm. And I think he thought I'd go in there for like a few days. Right. And I remember ringing him and going, yeah, they want me in here for a month. He was like, what? Wow. <laughs> a month. Like, so yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah. I, yeah, I had no idea. So, um, yeah, it was great though. Like I, I, it actually, I started drawing again mm-hmm. and like there was art classes and I think I, I think I'd gotten married and put all that away. Like, ah. Oh, you get married and you stay home and you cook and you clean and you're a housewife. And, I see, I see. Yeah. And all of a sudden I started like my love for art started coming back and, and learning oh my gosh I couldn't like I was like one of those nerdy students that would rock up to every single workshop in yeah. the like front seat I was just like soaking up like all the information that they were just uh, yeah that's uh, amazing like, it was amazing that's amazing and it just it makes me sad to hear that I mean it's so I've had the same experience like when you become an adult you put your you put your passions away. Come on, like, come on, be an adult now. <laughs> yeah, go around singing or drawing. Be an adult. So sad, isn't it? That's a good book. Be an adult. Yeah, that would that would be a good book. How to be an adult? Yeah. Proper. Yeah. Proper. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, cool. No more jewelry making for you. Uh, Adult oh, time. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. All right. Well, next, the next session you picked is uh, Love Through Hardship. through hardship yeah so love through hardship well I liked the name of this topic and this reminds me of like um, rebranding the salon transitioning the salon into a low toxin salon Mm -hmm. because um, when I came out of hospital I just like I was like I need to make changes in my life and um, really stand for what I believe in mm-hmm. and and one of I just did not want to go back to the salon and work with all those toxins and all that so right. um, I didn't know anyone who had done this before so I was like I think this isn't I don't even know if this is even possible um, mm-hmm. but this was one way of showing myself self-love because um, I one of my values and I wanted to get my health back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had no idea. I just went back into the salon. Um, well, the same, the same, when I came out of hospital, actually the same month, my husband and I ended up divorcing and then separating. And then I rebranded the salon all in like the same few months. Whoa. <laughs> and Yeah. 
<laughs> so, and then yeah. I thought I would study, then I thought I would just study holistic health coaching on top of that as well and become a Reiki practitioner. It was great. It was a wow. year of new beginnings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a proper energy space. You you seem to yeah. dive into anything that you <laughs> pretty much you put your mind to. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be careful with that now. <laughs> Practicing yeah, my boundaries. <laughs> right, I suppose, yeah. One thing at a time, one thing at a time. So. Yeah, it's good to know time frames, isn't it? With, um, yeah. 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 The thing is, is that I think the clients by this stage had, well, clients, family, that had sort of realised what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I had lost a few clients in this in this process because that some just didn't come back because they wanted me to do their hair. Right. Um, the ones that like hung around, they saw a significant change in me and they were like, what did you do? And I'm like, I, I actually couldn't answer it. Like I answered it as best as I could, but I wasn't sure how to, people would ask me like, how did you get your period back? And, uh, and how did you do this? And Mm. like really well. And I was like, I just went to breath work and, and it wasn't just breath work. I think everything that leading up to it prepared me in able to be able to, um, get mm. through the breath work and all that. Um, mm. And I, the more I transitioned the salon into low talk, so the more I would bring new products in, meet new people, um, it just expanded like my network. And mm-hmm. I got into essential oils, which is all about empowering yourself mm-hmm. and um, looking into your own health and all that. And I just started reading things and I was like, they were putting words for what I couldn't explain. I was like, that's what I did. That's what I did. So um, as I transitioned the salon, I started hosting workshops and educating the clients on why I was making the changes um, and talking about like women's hormones and all that. So that's when I started. Yeah. That's when I started studying holistic health coaching as well. Yeah. Which I, yeah, which then was basically everything that I learned in hospital from meditation to yoga to breathing. Um, mm. yeah. yeah, I see that. I can see that process of you coaching other and educating other people as part of your your journey as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's still, sometimes, it's still not easy sometimes because in an industry where um, to achieve the results that people want. Mm. Uh, it's a bit tricky sometimes to keep it like really natural and low toxin and all that. Mm. Um, that and so, pardon? Sorry, is that, I'm trying to think of the word, is because people have expectations with with the, yeah. the, the look, right, that they want. And the, and the colour, is it, it's like, if people want colouring and stuff. Yeah, well, there's actually a science behind what we yeah. do. Okay. And, like, we're ultimately putting chemicals on people's hair to change the colour, to open the cuticle, to go into... So there's, like, to act, oh. like just to even get a product that is that can do that with minimal ingredients in there um, oh. and achieve the results that the clients want. Yeah, it's been a bit tricky and there's... There's some services which I've just taken off the menu completely. Like women can totally live without these services, but they choose like to have them done. And I was just like, 
no, I've actually got to take these off because I refuse to breathe these products in anymore. So it's, there's been a lot of like, you know, financially can my business keep going with, and I've just had to believe and trust that the decisions that I'm making, mm-hmm. um, that people, there'll be people that are, are looking for these services. And thankfully um, that's going really well. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like, I like that you've brought self-love to this space because a lot of, a lot of guests that, that pick this, this area and like talk about, um, yeah, other people and that's really nice and, and lovely and it's essential too, but self, it starts with self-love, right? It's, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It definitely starts with self, with, with me. And this is the thing. My motto is like, if, if we're healthier and happier, then we're going to just, that's going to be a bit more of a ripple effect through, through the salon and that so yeah it's like the it's like the space that you create right it's like yeah. it's like the energy that you you're coming to work with and I think I always think I always think the disconnect is that everyone says that oh that, that person walked through the door and the room changed and it was like they just had a presence and like it was amazing that <laughs> And then they don't sort of take that in further and say, well, okay, how can I cultivate that within myself? It's just, we talk about these, these artists and famous people that, that can do that. And, and there's, there's no connect between how we can bring that to ourselves and bring that to our own spaces, like our own working places. Well, you, I think you answered your own question, but you're like, how can I create that for myself? Right. I'm sort of, it's, it's, it's tricky, you know, because I have my own business, so really I can create whatever environment. It's not sure. like I work for someone. I can't just walk in there. I can just, I can just walk in there and be like, okay, yes, there's things to take into consideration. Yeah. Um, and I, I, we talk a lot about like mindfulness and that as well. Oh, wow. so if you want to look at the, if you want to look at it from that angle as well, yeah. Um, and having the moment, then you can make that moment how you mm. wish as well. So I, I wouldn't say that every day is like I walk in there. <laughs> like I still, there's still days where I feel challenged and and that as well. Um, mm. But ultimately, the environment, the environment, and um, the message that I'm that I'm now doing my best to like um, send out is definitely more aligned with who I was five years ago. So yeah, that's nice. I mean, it, and also it speaks to me of like building they will come kind of mentality. Like you, yeah. Well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And some won't, and that's okay too. <laughs> right. That's really important to say. And that's that's almost like a self-love yeah. mantra too, isn't it? It's like, okay, someone deselects me because yeah. they, they're not vibing on my, <laughs> they're just not connecting with my, my energy and that's fine. 
because not everyone's going to, it's almost it's it's almost like the the opposite. If you insist if you insist that people connect with you, it's almost like that's the unkind, and that's yeah. that's not self love. Yeah, I think we were speaking about this a little while ago. About I, I think I mentioned it in a um, study group that mm-hmm. I've read. Uh, I really like Marianne Williamson's book. Okay. She talks, I think I've spoken to you about this before. She talks about um, when you build something, you got to look at it like it's a church. And <laughs> I practice this as much as I can. So yeah. whoever walks through the door, it's like they're visiting, they're visiting the church. So yeah. we're like, we have our own, we have like what our ethos is and what we believe in. And some people come there for that. They ah. come to Elon for that reason. Like they will look us up and they will travel like I had a client come from Papua New Guinea like they will they will find out yeah yeah she so her family lives here and she lives in Papua New Guinea so she would um make her appointments whenever she was in Sydney so every three or four months she would come and only get her hair done with us so yeah and then there's some people who are like you know just dabbling in they might not be ready for what we have to say like four years ago um someone said to me the area that you're in is not ready for this and I was like well and then you're a change agent aren't you you change I don't think anyone's ever yeah I I thought a lot about this though because it's almost part of my personality to be ahead of the curve in certain ways there's a there's a there's research on that you know the early adopters I'm not an early adopter but I'm the next one along like I'll watch early adopters and I'll yeah. I'll like research what they're doing and then I'll start doing things after they do things and then the bell curve goes on to the like cultural narrative area. So yeah. I see that in what you're doing also. And so it's probably fair enough for someone to say the area's not ready for what you're doing, but but that's the nature of change, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wasn't, I definitely wasn't ready. I, there's still like, <laughs> I still get messages now. Like I had messages today of, of, of what is installed for me. And I'm like, no, no. It's Meditation. So nice. Yeah. It's like so mm. nice being in my comfort zone over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were no. talking about this in a study group that I'm in, um, the Marvin Oka course I'm taking and it's like, yeah, this is a lifelong student journey. It never stops. And sometimes it's like, never stops. Okay. And then other times it's like, all right, no, that's a beautiful thing. It never stops. Like learning never stops. Yeah. So I hear, I hear that. Yeah. yeah. I wrote, I wrote an article recently about how your com- the comfort zone keeps people stuck. Oh, it does. I'm realizing this now. Yeah. Because it's counterintuitive too because, again, the narrative of the culture kind of tells you if you're comfortable, you're, you're, you're good, like you're in the right space to, to actualize yourself in life. Um, it's, like you, it's like generally people are like, okay, I just need a holiday once a year or I need, I need my things that make me happy. And whilst it's good... It's good to have a comfort practice. It, it's not necessarily aligned to changing your life. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. So you had that. You had that message recently, did you? Oh, it's it's like the message has been there for ages, and I've just been really ignoring it. Okay. And causing then, causing friction there. Yeah, just a, just a little bit. Yeah. And then. And then today, it just was like, oh, I just saw my little child running around having little tantrums again. I was like, okay, All right. <laughs> here, we go. here we go, buckle in. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> buckle in, get ready. Buckle in. Time, for and Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always about pleasure. No. Buckle in. Let's, let's. Yeah. That's a, that's the other reason I enjoy Taoist and Zen philosophy is that they recognize everything is part of life. You know, yeah. you can't avoid pain. You can't you can't skip it. If if you if you stuff it down into your unconscious, then it will just come back like three times yeah. bigger. Um, it just get like stored in your body and then you just have to go and like breath work it out you know what yeah. I mean <laughs> yeah yeah little uh, techniques. yeah uh yeah De- look definitely I uh, through um coaching and that I, I realized that mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable with pain and mm. uh, um There's a, it also speaks to a kind of area of like you you do change when you're ready right and it's like i'm reading this book called letting go at the moment it's like it's incredible and it it does say that you know surrendering embracing to yourself means that you're not like kind of you're not kind of grasping at when when to change you you just have faith and trust in your path and yeah. and then when change when it's when it's right, you know when to experience the pain. You know that you've got enough within you to to do that, and you know that on the other side of this, it's like the grief and the and the almost the death of that aspect of you. You know that the seeds of life are within there, and you'll become something like even more actualized to your. To where you want to go. So, I think for me, it's it's about aligning to the purpose um, through that, through through the change. Because if if I'm like, for example, this year I've been aligning to patience and confidence, and and everything that I do, like I'm okay. I've got a big vision, but. <laughs> You know, it's it's okay if it doesn't happen because my main aspects are like I want to see patience and confidence emerge within me. Yeah, okay. And that's been happening because it will happen. Patience and confidence. Yeah. Uh, when you figure that one out, can you... Um... Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know. Give you the formula. <laughs> Here's the formula. That would be great. That would be great. We sell yeah. it like a baby milk formula. We can give it to all the children. <laughs> Just give it, give it out in education. What great nourishment. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like super grateful. Like 
the the feelings on the other side, like the the joy in that that I've felt, I've never felt in my life. Like mm. so, I feel like the or the what we call the negative, more negative emotions. They're just like clearing out for us to feel more of. Yeah, joy and and love. I was I was saying this week. Um, one of my wins this week. Mm-hmm is probably what so many take for granted. But, like, this the Sunday that just passed, um, I just spent the whole day fluffing around down by the beach. Like, I went to the beach and went to a cafe with my cousin and then went back to the beach and then, like, back to a cafe. And then, like, the whole day I just didn't, I was just so not productive. Mm. And it was really nice um, to be yeah. able to do that because I haven't been able to do that. I can't tell you the last time without thinking that I should be here and doing this. And, like, it was just so nice to totally be in surrender for the whole day, Mm. splashing my feet in water. Like, it was amazing. And that's something Uh, that no way I would have done five years ago. There's no way. I couldn't uh, even go to the beach. I'd go to the beach for, like, five minutes and then I'd be like, all right, let's get out of here. It's too hot. Um, Yeah, and then sort of, like, done, 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 been to the beach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm so glad that you spoke to that. Um the aspect of, you know, the processing pain and anger and sadness and depression and it just yeah, it, it unlocks it unlocks the ability to be be ourselves, be a, myself in the world, be yourself in the world. Yeah. Yeah, cuz cuz love love is what we are. Right. This is what I believe anyway. We are love, right? So it's just, it's like going through that journey of unlocking. It just allows us to be uh, whoever we are. And we're all different. Yeah. It's really good to hear that you were floating around. I was floating around. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm great. Like, I'm just not going to go home because I'll probably go home and turn the laptop on. So I'm just going to float around here. And it was a really nice day as well. Yeah. And it's actually really productive, isn't it, actually? It's really productive to do that. It's so it productive. <laughs> I felt so nourished. Like, yes, I kind of nourished. I felt so nourished that yeah. Even, yeah, it was incredible. Because, yeah, if you give yourself that proper space to rejuvenate, then you can come back to your work in this really fresh and calm and, like, progressive zone. But if you take the, like, half, half a minute, like, to pretend that you've calmed down and refreshed yourself then you you just <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you I'm, fine. I'm, I'm fine fine. <laughs> I'm fine everyone <laughs> I had a biscuit I'm fine I'm a... yeah meanwhile they're like put the scissors down I'm like I'm fine <laughs> <laughs> that's funny I cut better when I'm angry okay <laughs> Nice. Well, then the last section here is 315. So it's like a, I always say it's like a blank canvas. You can paint anything on it. So you oh. can expand on anything. I mean, that we've talked about or I, um, what do you feel yeah. called? I feel called to talk about. You might need to prompt me here. Mm. Well, we've talked a little bit about fertility, your own story, 
and the coaching aspect of that. And I, I just wondered what your vision is for the future with fertility, women in fertility, like in education, and what you'd like to see. Ooh, what I'd like to see. Mm. Well, I can tell you what I saw and what I, what, so during, I was actually having this discussion today with a client that came in and we were talking about how um, obviously when, okay, so they actually know now, it's actually proven now that PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. um, statistics show that um it can actually start at the time of a, a young woman going getting her menstrual cycle. So any stressful period during that time, whether it be HSE exams or parents divorcing or anything, mm. um, that is actually when it starts. They, they say that it starts around that time. So basically whatever happens, it gets like lodged in that area. Oh. Uh, and And then what happens is these young girls have like, they might have like, I don't know, a skip period or they might get acne or like something that their body's communicating to them mm. and they go to the doctor and they're put on medication. Yeah. And that's, it compounds it so much and emotionally as well. Like just yeah. the sense of like how shamed acne is and how shamed, yeah. like even bodily functions are like even going to the toilet is shamed. It's like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just nipping to spend a penny sometimes in, in the UK. Everyone says like these acronyms for, for going to the toilet or, you know, it's yeah. like, wow. Okay. Like we are deeply ashamed of our bodies in many ways oh, yeah. and it compounds it. Right. And then we go to the doctor and we're like, Oh, I've, I've got a problem. First off, I've got a problem yeah. that I need fixing with, with this magic drug. Yeah. And I, I believe in Western medicine. I just want to say, like, yeah, sometimes, same. sometimes it's like really essential. But, but the mindset, the mindset. I like Eastern philosophy in terms of like being proactive with health, right? And just, yeah. and also just recognizing that sometimes you get spots. Sometimes yeah. the body is telling you, like with acne, sometimes the body is telling you there's an imbalance in the body. Yeah. Yeah. So, like. Let's let's try eating no macas for a little while first. <laughs> no macas, yeah. I was, jo- I was joke about macas because it's like nutritionally zero, isn't it? Yeah. It's but like it's- eating cardboard. It's like yeah, you can have some yeah. cardboard. Well, I mean, I suppose they've got a lot better in the last five years about bringing nutrition in, but it but it's all about the emotions. It's like eating emotions. It's like it's like the epitome of comfort eating. Because you, you go to the golden arches, oh, I'm going to feel better. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to feel better for 30 seconds and then I'm going to feel worse. And it's super cheap. Yeah, then I'm going to have the compounded effect of the guilt for eating the Macca's. Guilt, yes. Afterwards. Yeah. Guilt, yeah. Yeah. So. And, that, and that's that's like a popular culture. So we can, we can find that in, the, that's a, like a macrocosm of, and we can find that within ourselves, right? Hey, we've, all, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to. I used to finish because I used to be a sound engineer mixing gigs. So after a gig, pretty much the only place that was open was McDonald's on the mo- on the motorway. Yeah, how, how good are like chicken nuggets this week? Anyways, going yeah. off topic. Off topic. But, 
(laughs) (laughs) Ultimately, what I'd like to see is a bit more education around this because um, it's really important um, that young girls, like if if any young girls come to me in the salon and want to know about anything, I will be quite honest with what I believe and that is like unless you have some condition that is like diagnosed and you need to go on the pill Mm. like that's a different story Mm -hmm. um but there's things that you can look at like your nutrition you can look at your emotional stresses there's lots of things that you can um look Mm. at um, yeah it is really a holistic approach so Mm -hmm. um i believe that like eating well moving your body um, meditation all that that sort of prepares you in order to be able to deal with whatever comes up whatever arises as well mm. um, otherwise it's like you're trying to deal with life hung over mm-hmm. you know if you're eating crap all the time or you're eating foods that aren't nourishing your body um, and you're not drinking enough water and you're not sleeping it's nearly like you're hung over and then for those of you who have been drunk before mm-hmm. <laughs> like then it's like Try making wise decisions from that state. Mm-hmm. Um, very mm-hmm. difficult. So I, th- yeah. I believe it's a holistic approach. Yeah. Um, and there's also, I like, I really like that. I'm reading a book called Super Life at the moment by Darren Odian. And it speaks to the kind of sense that there are systems within our body that our body works in certain ways. Okay, we're all unique, but in there's a, there's an, an, a narrative there you know like hydration you mentioned hydration how many people drink like two liters of water a day which is like recommended you know to keep to keep you well like i i I love hiking um i've always loved hiking um and one of the sayings in hiking is if you get thirsty it's too late ah okay so if you're if you're dying to have a drink then you're already dehydrated. Yeah. And it, that's, that's a stressful state of the body. Yeah. It's just about having a bit more awareness, right? It's about allowing your body to, to work effectively. And giving yourself little bits along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, if you need, if you need Western science, then you need Western science. It's about picking the tools that you need. Yeah. yeah definitely. I so think perception is also important. Oh, yes, amazing. Because even like if I think about um, the body and how clever it is, mm-hmm. if I had conceived in that state, it would have been, I, I don't know how it would have been. I'm only imagining how it would have been. Mm. However, the body was actually saying no. So the, mm. the, the womb and all that, like the uterus, all that area is to bring life into this world. And whatever had been stored in there was like, no, we are not bringing life into this world mm-hmm. in this state. So the body's mm-hmm. actually really clever, if you ask me. Yeah, um, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. So it was actually what it was like protecting me in a way from like, no, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I know one of my aunties who's quite vocal about her experience, but a lot of her flashbacks came back during, like, um, a really um, difficult relationship. Um, thankfully, mine was more contained in a breathwork session. Um, right. But, yeah, the body was, like, that's – the body was basically 
that part of my body was like just not wanting to give life. And I had gone to see a Chinese medicine woman and she mm. said to me straight out, if you have no period, that is your body telling you it does not want a baby. And I was like, mm. you don't know what you're talking about, woman. <laughs> I was going to bring in, I was going to bring up Chinese medicine because they, they say that um, they believe in the energetics that um, the baby is made in in conjunction with the um, woman's and man's energy at that point in time as well. Because that was wow. on the that was on the podcast that I listened to. I sent I sent you over the other day. Yeah. It's called Bucci Radio. There's some good stuff on there. Um but yeah they do believe in that as well. Yeah. So it makes sense. Right. It's true. Like many women go through IVF for 10 years. Yeah. Full on. And right. then they go no no, let's just go on a holiday and, and have a great time. And then, like, they fall pregnant. They get conceived. Yeah, they conceive because they're relaxed. Yeah. So there's no way you would – there's no way you would want to bring a child into that world in that state. Um, mm. So mm. it probably happens. Mm. Um, however, yeah. And, and also, yeah, it's just – life you know you can't control life in a way like if that's going to happen it's going to happen but um it's you can certainly bring your perception to that can't you bring your consciousness to that so i guess like my message my, my main message on this podcast is that like especially with um with fertility when it comes to babies like baby making if, it, if it's not happening for you, instead of perceiving it as like there's something wrong with you or something like that, like explore what it's, what it's trying to tell you. Mm. It's usually just a signal, like a notification on our phone, mm. um, like yeah. a notification in our body. Um, and That's look incredible. at, yeah, it, our body's always communicating with us, whether or not we choose to listen is a different, is yeah. a different story. Um, the same yeah. with acne, like you were saying earlier, like acne could mean some type of deficiency or something. It's just the outer saying, hey, hello, check this out over here. Let's have a look at what's going on over here. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that's incredible. And it's completely shifted my own perception of life as well, like living that way. Um. Hmm. it's not always easy there's still ailments that I, I have sometimes and I'm like why won't this one just like go like what's going on mm. it's like I, I literally not use my body but I literally like look at things very differently ever since that experience um yeah and, and I was also told by the doctors at the time that the chances of me conceiving naturally were like zero to slim I thought that was really inappropriate to say um, because, yeah. and again, not ditching doctors because I do have an integrative doctor and I think um, medicine has a place in society. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like they're just coming from their, from what they're being taught and what they've learned. So Yeah. Yeah. It's just a structure, isn't it? Like they learn a, tool, a toolkit and... Yeah. You know, it's, as long as you expect that to, to come from them, then yeah. there's no reason why it can't. 
become a part of your tool kit for life. Yeah. But we're so much more, in my belief, <laughs> we're so much more than just chemicals and, and processes, right? Oh, of course, yeah. So th- that's my only concern with, with that whole thing is if it, if it becomes too rigid and, and dogmatic in a way, like you, you really cut yourself off from, from a lot of yourself. Yeah. Well, just want to thank you for this conversation. It's been a really profound, powerful conversation. Thank you so much, Carly. Okay, Rita, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation also. If you want to know more about Carly, you can go to blownawaybyhair.com.au or carly.com.au and of course all of that will be in the show notes thank you for listening today thank you for your time energy attention your love and if you'd like to know more we have a patreon site and also a facebook community called we are the light people all the links will be below in the show notes take care everyone and see you next time thanks a lot